back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. It is a lovely, 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 lovely. Kobe Day. Kobe. It is January 24th, 2024. 2424. Shout out to Kobe and his family. Uh, I know he is... I believe he is shining down on us. As far as I know, he did have a relationship with God. Uh, that's between him and God. So uh, I believe he is in heaven. I hope he's in heaven. And uh, yeah, it wouldn't be cool to like people talk about guardian angels. Like I have this theory that my because my entire life my entire life uh people have told me I look like Kobe not so much now that I've grown my hair out but when definitely when I cut all my hair off people are like has anyone ever told you you look like Kobe I get it all the time all the time all the time that never fails um uh, I think that's part of the reason I actually cut my hair because I don't know something about it kind of draws a little bit of attention to me, you know, all of us are a little bit, uh, a little tiny bit narcissistic, whether we like to say, even though we try to say we're not or act like we aren't, a lot of us, you know, we, we're all, we love attention, attention seekers. And sometimes I just like to cut my hair off. Cause I know somebody's gonna be like, Hey, anyone ever told you to like Kobe? <laughs> but some, after a while, then I'm like, Oh, I need to grow my hair back out. Cause I'm tired of people saying that. Like, yep, if I had a dollar for every time I've heard that, I would be at least half a millionaire, probably. Heard it, probably, honestly, probably like I have like 10 grand in the bank account because I probably have heard it at least 10,000 times. On the low end, we'll say 3,000 times on the low end. Because you got to add up all the, if you added up all the gyms that I played in high school, I played for four years. And I heard it all throughout high school, everywhere you went. So, yeah, it probably is, might be 10,000. Yeah, all the gym, high school gyms I played in. A lot of those gyms were packed out um, for games. And then, yeah, all the times I've heard it personally. Anyway, all right, so Kobe Day. And uh, how, how much better of a way would it be to celebrate Kobe Day other than to uh, blow out a tire? Yes. So... I came home last night, right? And um I had I had made good money. I had driven for maybe 4 or 5 hours something like that. I made really good money. And then I came home I was like, "All right, I'm going to eat for a while." And my gut was saying, "Aaron, just just go to sleep. You know, go to sleep and then just start your day around like 4, you know, 4 a.m., you know, cuz it was approaching midnight. And my gut was saying, just do that. But now I was like, all right, we're going to go out and drive. After I ate, you know, I went out and drove. Very first ride is this lady. And it's a, an adult. Of all things, I didn't realize this till I got there. It was this, I won't say the name of it, but it was like an adult boutique. Like they sell, you know, adult novelty, like videos. Yeah. Showing people having relations and all that kind of stuff. Right. Those surprising. Those places still exist. 
And after talking to this young lady I, that was riding with me, it started to make sense why those places are still open. But I'm not going to go there. So that's a different discussion for another day uh, on an offline podcast or conversation with somebody. So I was like, wow, they still they sell curtains in those places. Oh, they still do that kind of stuff. Whoa. Wow. Crazy. It's 2024 and they still doing this stuff, even though everything's on the Internet now. All right. So. Yes. Uh, yeah, I picked her up. It was weird, too, because my gut was like partly at first. I was like, because kind of it was dark and it was kind of like I didn't see any lights on in the building. I didn't, I didn't see the person when I first got to do a U-turn. I didn't see her when I first drove. And when I turned around, I still didn't see anybody. And then all of a sudden, boom, I saw her. She was out. I guess she was locking up the store. Picked her up. Uh, she's kind of telling me some different things about her job and how she has two jobs. She has kids and she's a CNA and her first job doesn't pay enough. Her second job pays her more than her first job. And it's like, man, people out here struggling. So, yeah, had a good talk. And then like literally right as I'm about to, I'm probably like a minute, I'm like about a minute away from this young lady's house or apartment, whatever. And then boom. Sorry if I scared some of y'all. Hit a pothole left front tire i was like yep it's gone and looked at the dash because i always keep my um the uh psi levels on the dash so i know where they're at just in case one starts to lose air pressure anyway um yeah so i end up uh what happened from there at first, I was thinking that I might have to have her order a different ride, but I was like, "Nah, we like right down the street. We was going, and it was like I was like, we was gonna roll up there, and it didn't damage like the rim didn't get damaged or anything. I was able to get to her apartment, dropped her off, parked the car. Now this is what I should have done, but who knows? God knows. He orders our steps. I really should have ordered. I told her it was like almost now it's like almost one o'clock in the morning. It's like 1230 or something like that in the morning. I really should have ordered a tow truck through because Avis, who I'm renting the car through, they have uh, what do they call it? Triple A. I should have ordered a tow truck then. But nah, I was like frustrated, really angry. Just I mean, I don't know, just it's just kind of just totally how do I say it? Mentally exhausted by just all the different things that have been going on in my life lately between the deer that I hit last month, between being rear-ended by a person with no insurance, and then now, boom, hitting a pothole. Um, I'll just, I was like, I just need to go home. So I ordered an Uber, and uh, this African dude picked me up. And it's funny because he had Erwin Lutzer's Running to Win on Bot Radio Network playing at first. And the guy, he was talking about, like, Ananias and Sapphira. For those of y'all Bible nerds, you know exactly what that story is about. I'm not going to go there. Y'all can go Google it. I'm not going to talk about that. I should have told him, hey, you can leave that on if you want. Um, but then he turned on some, like, R&B music. He started playing some, like, Chris Brown. And I don't know. He, I, I've, I've lately don't really talk unless the other person talks. Um, I try not to force conversation. 
And so even as a passenger, not just as a driver. And so, yeah, he didn't really talk the whole ride. So, but yeah, when he, when, um, we arrived in my apartment, I sure, I made sure to have some Jesus loves you cards on me to give to him. And then, uh, anyway, made it home. Now here's what's crazy. This, this, this rewind earlier that night, maybe my, we'll say like my two rides before all that, or the couple rides before I came home and took a break, right? I went, I picked up this couple, this white couple who had busted a tire and they were driving a white Nissan Altima. I used to own a white Nissan Altima, um, very similar to what he had. He had, and Yes, he had busted a tire and they didn't want to have to fool with it was cold out kind of cold outside, not freezing, but it was still cold and he was having issues with the jack and they were in some nice little neighborhood and um anyway, they're like they had me pick them up and take them to uh this bar in North KC. Um <laughs> So, what are the I like I had a and I had I had seen another car I think who yeah who had busted a tire and i had like been dodging like some potholes like all night i was like dodging potholes like left and right like frogger just just dodging potholes and sure enough and it was kind of foggy last night the fog had kind of cleared but i still managed to hit this pothole somehow some way and um i didn't see it um so yeah, um, that's now that's like the third pothole that I've hit and blown out a tire. The other one was my right. The other it's interesting because the other two were the right front tire. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yep. And then this one was the left front tire. Oh, hey, it could have been worse. And then what's also interesting is I had just been talking to my brother about how I feel like life a lot of times is already scripted. And I gave the example of Joseph, how God knew before Joseph was even born that he would be tempted by Potiphar's wife. That was already part of his story. And Joseph was just walking into that scenario. Right. And so life I personally feel like it's filled with all these and some people they don't like this conversation because it gets into the whole predestination, predetermination, how that all works, all that. But when the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered, how he knew all of our days before we even in our mother's womb. Um, and he also talks about step yeah, um he records all of our wanderings, all of our sufferings in a in in our in his book all of our tears in a bottle and all the suffering, our sufferings or our wanderings in a book. There's all kinds of scriptures that talk about where people can infer that life in some way is, might be pretty more scripted than we like to think. And the only thing we really have control over is how we react to those scenarios and situations. Like we think we have all this control and autonomy over our lives when we really kind of don't. Um, the only thing that we really have control over is how much we include God into our day-to-day -day activities.
in our prayer life and our yes talking to him and he gives us free will but he knows the outcomes of all of our choices it's very interesting it's a very deep 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 uh Uh, philosophical path of, of thought you can go down but anyway so uh well all right i got so many dots i could share but i'm not going to share them all I'll, I'll share one more before we get into mark chapter six so yeah i was telling my brother i gave the example of joseph how um god already knew that joseph was part of his destiny part of one of the tests that he would have to overcome was being tempted by Potiphar's wife. Now, what's wild, it's crazy to think that, like, what if Joseph had failed that test? Then how does the story go? And it makes you wonder. Because there are all these other people that came before Joseph who had similar tests but didn't pass it. Like David and Bathsheba. That was a test. He failed. But still, God restored him. And still called him a man after his own heart. Mr. Samson is written in the great hall of faith, even though he was tempted by Delilah. Delilah took him down after he got his hair cut off. I like to believe there were dreadlocks. That's all another conversation. So we can go all throughout the Solomon and all them dudes. We go even going back to uh, Judah uh, all these different scenarios and situations and people in the Bible who didn't do so well when they were tested. Like even Noah, he why was he getting drunk after he got off the ship, the boat? I know he saw a lot, but why was he drunk? Um, he ended up having to curse his, one of his sons, Ham, you know? Um, Lot slept with his daughters. Like all these dudes failed these tests. Anyway. But God still used them. And um, so how do, I, how do I say this? Where do I, where do I go from here? Um, oh, Joseph. Back to Joseph. I was just telling my brother about Joseph this morning. Well, all right. So I came home and then it was crazy all the timing of it because I was I was just tired this morning and I just didn't want to think about it when I. My go-to when I'm, like, stressed out and really, like, is just to go to sleep. And it helps me not to, like, overthink everything and overanalyze things and try to make things happen, you know. And so, so my brain just goes down these million scenarios, like, oh, now I got to do this, now I got to do that. Or now this, the whole world is crashing down. Like, now I'm going to have to go down, abandon this course of action and... Cause I, anyway, I don't know. Do we want to go there? We need to really get to the word Mark chapter six. But I'm just gonna say I really don't want to go back to a regular job. That's one of my main goals. And right now, driving these this Raybu car is uh, for Raybu is the primary way that I make money and I, that I enjoy doing. But there is something happening lately <laughs> that I feel like is all. I'm under like all these attacks to like keep me from doing it any anymore between, like I said, hitting the deer and then being rear ended. My, I got a message. So, uh, 
yesterday saying that my car is going to be in the shop for another two weeks. So I won't get it until mid-February. Um, and then, yeah, this car. Now, the silver lining in it all, that this car, this Chevy Bolt or whatever, there was two tires on it that already needed to be replaced. Um, it's interesting that the two, the one tire that did not need to be replaced, that's the one that got busted. It was the other two that had bubbles in them that needed, needed to be swapped out. And so, um, yeah, anyway, that's a whole nother discussion. All right. So where was I going with all this? Joseph. All right. Let's just stay focused. Joseph. So I just have been telling. Oh, yeah. So I slept, came home, took an Uber home. Yeah. With the dude who had the Erwin Lutzer stuff on and then had on was playing some Chris Brown or something like that. And then, uh, yeah, I fell asleep, woke up around like I woke up at like eight or nine ish, but I was still kind of tired. I was like, I did not feel like having to deal with I wasn't ready to make that phone call to Avis and Triple uh, A and all that kind of stuff. So um, I just deal with any of this stuff. So I went to sleep again, fell asleep for another hour. Then I called the number Triple A or whatever that is through Avis. And that was interesting because. They asked me when I gave the information, like they said, was a passenger in the car? Was there a passenger in the car at the time of the incident? Uh, at first, I was like, I've been here before. <laughs> Last time I told the truth to these folks. Every time I've been telling the truth, it like back, it's been backfiring on me. So, and it's like, I, even though I was like, had a whole plan to tell a different a little bit different story like ah uh, like not even bring up the fact that there was a passenger in the car <sighs> anyway i ended up having to tell like just, i just told the truth and uh, i was like but they were like right down the street when i when it happened like right literally one minute away about one minute away from the apartment right and i got them to their destination safely so as far as i know there's no issues Ooh, uh, Raybu ended up messaging me asking me to send in some pictures because i guess Triple A contacted Raybu. <sighs> anyway, we'll see how this affects my Raybu account and my ability to drive and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, yeah, um, um, yeah, uh, what else? So, where should I go with this? All right. Man, this is a long story. This is a lot. I'm, I apologize. I promise you're going to get to Mark chapter 6. So, um, Joseph. Joseph, Joseph. How do I say this? All right, so I call. All right, yeah, call AAA. Gave him all the information. Told him, gave him the truth about what happened. And then I get uh, Raybu. I had to order Oh, they're like, hey, first it said the ETA for the driver, the, the tow truck would be 40 minutes. Now, the car is like 20 minutes away. Because, yeah, he's like, I said, do I have to be there at the car for him to tow it? And he's, he was like, the guy was like, yeah, technically you're supposed to be there with the car at all times. If anything were to happen with the car and you're not there then you're going to still be held liable or responsible, even though I have, I'm like, I have a $0 deductible on this thing. I better not be held responsible for any, anything on this car. Um, and so anyway, and he's like, yeah, you have to be present with the key and everything. 
I was like, oh, well. So I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like getting ready real fast. I had to brush my teeth real fast. Throw on some pants and uh, catch an Uber or a Raybu to the car. It was like 20 minutes away over in KCK. So, yeah, riding in that car with the guy. He has Tiny Dancer playing and he has some song, Bridge Over Troubled Water playing. And uh, I was like, very interesting. He tells me he is from Oklahoma, Stillwater, Oklahoma. <clears throat> Another funny dot, because um, I was just talking about Psalm 23 a couple days ago, or yesterday. And there's, you know, in Psalm 23, he talks about how he leads us by still waters. And here this dude is from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Anyway, it drops me off at my car in um, KCK. It's not my car, the rental car. And the guy who is driving the tow truck is named Joseph. Of all people. Anyway, great guy. Awesome attitude. He's been driving this tow truck for 10 years. He was telling me that. Uh, what did he tell me? He said he makes enough money. He gets like 30% commissions. He makes enough money so that his wife doesn't have to work. He has five kids. Two of them are twins, of all things. Um, two of them are identical. Two are fraternal. It's like very interesting. Um. Yeah, two bo twin boys and twin girls. I can't remember what the fifth child is. That would be very interesting to be the fifth child in a home with two sets of twins. I want to hear that kid's story. Anyway, so we had a great talk. Uh, great guy. Uh, he's telling me that he lost his mom a couple years ago. To some, she had like fluid in her lungs or something like that. And his wife lost a, a parent. And this, yeah. He said it was, he raised his chickens. We had a great talk. And uh, yeah, just cool that of all the names, Joseph, I was just talking about Joseph early this morning to my brother and how there was these, what are the chances of that? These scenarios that are already predestined in Joseph and when Joseph's life, like Potiphar's wife, here I am talking about this whole concept of predestination to my brother this morning. And then, boom, I experience exactly what I'm talking about. The guy who picks me up in the tow truck is named Joseph. He said, normally I would have had to take it. And they don't pick up or take riders in their truck. They don't normally do that, but he, he didn't mind. And I uh, made sure to take care of him. I had some cash in my wallet for that kind of stuff. Thank God people have been tipping me all week, so put it to good use um so anyway there's so much more i could share today i've been kind of like i've been crying a lot this morning so i've just been telling god i'm like god i really you know how much i really don't want to go back to a regular job like part of me was tempted to just go ahead and turn like just be done with this rental car all together and it's just like it's like, God, if you don't want me to have this rental car and, and like I ideally <clears throat> I need like I just need like a six months to a year's worth of like money. So that would be let's see. I make I can make about like four to five grand a month. So, let's just say I need either. Yeah, I should just do that. Yeah, either I need 30 to six. Really, ideally, it'd be nice to have 80 grand 
this year. 80 grand for the year and not have to worry about money at all and just focus on building this podcast, um, growing it, making more audiobooks, just making audiobooks and building this podcast all day long. It's putting more stuff out on YouTube, monetizing that on YouTube, Facebook, all that. Um, selling merch that's related to this podcast, Chew the Bible merch, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then, yeah, spending time with my kids, um, helping, having them help me grow the podcast, right? And so, yeah, we're at 24 minutes now, so that's kind of my cue. I need to stop, but yeah, today was an interesting day. Um... Oh, there was something I, there was like a final thought that I had on all of that. Just how, yes, I heard, I once heard, yeah, this guy, this pastor Jose, he gave, he told a story about um, this time where him and his wife, something happened to their, their vehicle and it just stopped working and, or yeah, and they were on their way to, yeah, on their way to Florida because they're now pastors down at this church in Orlando. And, um, something happened and, um, there was all these blessings that happened along the way. Like the guy who was at the gas station was like a pastor who had been running away from his calling and he had stopped. Yeah. Like left the church and they were able to witness to him. And then, like, the guy who fixed their vehicle did it for free, I believe. And they, and gave, yeah, just blessed them. <clears throat> Sorry, y'all. Let me drink some water. I'm probably going to turn this air out, this heat off. <clears throat> so there's all these people there's all these things that can happen like things that we see a lot of times as setbacks i think that's even a song like that how your setback is just a setup for your blessing um yeah and the people that god is going to use you to bless along the way I ever finish that thought how I think that Kobe Bryant might be my guardian angel or God has been telling Kobe up there like, hey, there's this guy, young guy, his whole life people told him, told him he looked like you and I want you to look out for him. Anyway, all right, let's go into the word Mark chapter six. Finally, that was long. Sorry, y'all. Forgive me. Let me clear my throat. Where was I? Yeah, Mark 6. Here we go. You know what? I should totally pause this and then come back. Uh, We'll just try to, we'll just read and go from there. 
All right, so rejection at Nazareth, and he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. Once again, this is the KJV, Mark chapter 6. Um, and when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And like, where to get all this wisdom? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that he, even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not the carpenter the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went through about the village's teaching. <clears throat> Interesting. So when I read that, there's something about the way I read that. There's something about, I've heard people, many people quote that scripture to talk about how like, yeah, you, even secular folks use it to like say like yeah you don't really get any respect in your own hometown you have to like leave to get real respect i'm not going to talk about that what i the way i read this is like you see there's something tied to like unbelief like respect honor unbelief and faith and then blessings so the fact that these people did not respect or honor or value what Jesus had to say or who he was or what he was doing. And they were caring more. They like, who is this dude? Like, it's almost like if you ever met like a young 18 year old who's like makes more money than you. And yeah, it's very humbling because you like, what is this dude doing that I'm not doing? Like, if you've ever had a boss that was younger than you, you know, he's like 20 something and you're 30 something and you got to listen to him and follow his what he says he or she or it could be a she you know might be a woman boss yeah let me throw that in there equal opportunity here um yeah it's very humbling very very humbling when in that kind of scenario right but when you don't honor somebody respect somebody or value what they have to say especially jesus you ain't you ain't even though the bible talks about how we should honor and respect those in authority over us and all that kind of stuff ultimately the main person you need to we need to always honor respect and value is jesus more than anyone right but when you don't do that when you don't respect or honor and value somebody especially jesus then you miss out you miss out on what that person has to offer you you miss out on yeah, and then it leads to yeah, they were offended by Jesus. And that will cause you not to believe anything that they have to say. When you don't value somebody, respect them or honor them, you don't value anything they have to say. I mean you don't trust it and you don't have faith in what they're saying or who they are, right? Um, and then that or that causes you to miss out on the blessings, the healings, the restoration that Jesus wants to do in your life or the people that he sends into your life to be your hand, to be his hands and feet. Some of us are crying out on Jesus. I'm like preaching to myself right now. 
and Jesus now sent a million lifeboats and each one of them jokers you have turned away all the life rafts the what is that little lifesaver things that they toss out the little ring thing you've turned them all away and Jesus is like you're expecting me to rain manna down from heaven and I've already sent it it just came in a way that you didn't like Because he uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. A lot of times, like at the end of the day, God could care less about our circumstances. Now, wow, it's crazy because that Joseph guy was giving an example of like he went somewhere with his kids. And he let his kids go hiking or something like that. And some of them were like slipping on these like wet rocks. And he was talking about the importance of just like letting his kids experience failure and slipping and falling. And he posted videos of it and some of his family wasn't too happy with it. Um, And so we were just talking about that. It's important. Like he's close by. If something serious were to happen, he's there to, you know, scoop in and help them out. But just the importance of like letting your kids experience falling and, and slipping, even hurting themselves. And God is the same way with us. He allows us to experience some bumps and bruises because at the end of the day, he, he wants us, he, he cares more about our hearts and the character that is built in us when we experience these hard times, these hard trials, these hurdles in our lives. If the roads were paved perfectly, you know, never had any potholes, if I didn't hit that pothole, I wouldn't have met the guy Casey today and I wouldn't have met the African dude um, last night or earlier this morning. Um, and I wouldn't have met the tow truck driver, Joseph. <coughs> and how my faith is building and how knowing how intimate God is and how close he is. He's closer than we think he is. Um, I'll, Real quick, I was listening. I was scrolling through TikTok and Facebook videos just doom scrolling and i landed on this one by the comedian jeff foxworthy and he was sharing this story about this homeless guy and the short version of the story is this homeless guy all right yeah all right so man all right how do i tell this story all right jeff is doing this like homeless ministry stuff with these there's a group of homeless guys and i think in atlanta atlanta georgia and um, I have to clarify that because I think that's in Atlanta, Missouri. But anyway, so um, somehow to demonstrate, somebody somebody made a comment about the Bible. Like, I guess Jeff asked the question, like, why should we? Why is should we trust the Bible or something like that? Or why is the Bible important? And somebody said it's not. And Jeff Foxworthy put the Bible in the trash. He's like, what if I, or no, somebody else put the Bible in the trash. And this guy named Wayne, which is my brother's name. It's funny. A big old dude grabs the Bible out of the, of the trash. And he tells this story about how he was homeless. I guess he experienced a lot of loss and pain. Like his mom died, his brother died. All these people in his family were dying, committed suicide. And he, to deal with his pain, he started using cocaine as a bar to deal with his pain he started doing cocaine and then he ended up homeless and uh in, a, in shelters and all that kind of stuff 
And oh yeah. Oh, before he got the cocaine, and when his mom died, he got like seventy thousand dollars in an insurance uh insurance money, whatever. And he used a lot of that money to get drugs. And he had like two different women, girlfriends and all that. Anyway, when the money ran out, he ended up homeless and yeah, bouncing around shelters and all that kind of stuff, right? And the only thing that he, yeah, he had like, he had this, yeah, found this, he had this Bible that his mom had left him. Um, and it was like a letter written to him from his mom or something like that, telling him how important the relationship with Jesus is and how much Jesus loved him. And somehow he lost that Bible. Like one day he lost his backpack and that had that Bible in it. Right. And, um, Anyway, one day, some guy came up to him and uh, to him and this other homeless guy and said, hey, I need help with this project. And um, they drove like 100 miles away to some house to like clean it up or something like that, I guess, to get it ready to sell or rent. out. I don't know, some something about this house to remodel it. And there was this whole, they had finished throwing everything away. And then there was this pile of stuff that was like stuff that might be valuable. And the guy was like, you're more than welcome to look through that. It might be some something in there you might want. And as he's looking through this pile of stuff, there's the Bible that his mom gave to him. A hundred miles away. And he's like, what, like, what are the, like, yeah. And he told the guys in this homeless group, whatever, um, support group, whatever, like, don't ever, and told that one guy, don't ever throw this Bible, don't ever do that again, throw the Bible in the trash, because if Jesus would go to that great lengths to, to, like, basically pursue me, everything in here is, it's a love story. The Bible is a love story written to each and every one of us, and it's filled with treasure, hidden treasure. And so um, I feel like every day life is filled with treasure hunts. And it's a matter, it's just a matter of whether or not you want to uh, enjoy the Easter egg hunt, partake in it. Interesting. Anyway, um, where was I going with all that? I don't even know. But let's go. All right. So sends out apostles and he called verse 70 and he called unto him the 12 and began to send them forth two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse, but be shod with sandals and not put on two coats. And he sent unto them. Now, if that's me, I don't know too many people that would sign up for sign up for that like could you imagine going into the average church today and telling all the guys like hey leave your wallets ladies leave your purses i don't care if it's a louis vuitton coach whatever i don't know how care how much you spend on it but uh yeah let's go all you need is one coat even this coat is kind of nippy out here just take one coat take them jesus sandals um no socks, <laughs> no socks and sandals, and let, and a staff, and let's 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 go, let's go.
No bread, no money, no nothing. Let's just go. And he said unto them, yeah, I'm, I, don't, I think I don't know a whole lot of people that would sign up for that. Uh, and he said unto them, in what place soever ye enter into a house, <clears throat> there abide till ye depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you when ye depart, then shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Interesting. And they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Herod's alarm and King Herod heard of him for his name was spread abroad. And he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. Others said that it is Elias and others said, or Elijah in other translations I've seen. And others said that it is a prophet or as one of the prophets. But when Herod heard thereof, he said, it is John whom I am. I beheaded. He is risen from the dead for Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, it is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. <clears throat> Basically, um, they, yeah, they were, he was upset because <laughs> um, John the Baptist had called him out on his sin. Verse 19, therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him. He had some beef with him. And would have killed him, but he, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was just a just man and a holy, and observed him. And when he, and when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. Hmm. Verse twenty one. And when a convenient day was come, that Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords high captains and chief estates of Galilee. And when the daughter of the said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, now I've heard different people saying this was like pretty much a very erotic dance. This one does any old kind of dance. This was, this just showed you how perverted they were that he would have his daughter dance in front of him like that and had to do it in front of these these other dirty men. <clears throat> All right, verse 23, similar to today, same stuff is going on. And he swear unto her, whatsoever thou shalt ask of me, I will give it thee unto the half of my kingdom. And she went forth and said unto her mother, what shall I ask? And she said, the head of John the Baptist. And she came in straightway with haste unto the king and asked, saying, I will that I will that thou give me by and by in a charger that thou give me by and by in a charger that phrase by and by very interesting and in charger the head of john the baptist it's interesting her name is herodias his name is herod very creative <clears throat> of all the things you could ask for on your birthday that's that's pretty extreme Verse 25, and she came in straightway with haste unto the king and asked, saying, I will that thou 
Give me by and by in a charge of the head of John the Baptist. Verse 26. And the king was exceeding sorry, for yet for his oath's sake and for their sakes, which sat with him, he would not reject her. And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head in a charger and gave it to the damsel. And the damsel gave it to her mother. And when his disciples heard of it, they came and took up his corpse and laid it in a tomb. <coughs> mm. Wowzers. Let's just take a moment of silence for John the Baptist, JB. Or JTB. <clears throat> All right, in a desert place. Verse 30. And the apostles gathered together gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure to so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him and ran afoot thither out of all cities. And out went them and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep, as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when he... Interesting, because like Jesus, there's... I always like to talk about um, uh, the concept of sympathy versus empathy. Uh, how sympathy doesn't really cost you much other than maybe listening to somebody's story. And, you know, might you might be like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, you might even get them a sympathy card, you know. It might cost you like $2 or 50 cents, however much you spend on the card, right? A dollar. It might cost you a little bit of time to write a little nice note in there and maybe put some money in there. But empathy goes beyond all that. And actually, you sit with that person, you might cry with them, you might hug them and hold them and, you know, buy them dinner and, you know, you're really taking the time to understand how they really feel, what's bothering them and how you can help. Um, and you show compassion on them. You know, you here Jesus is showing compassion by teaching them many things and he healed them and now we're about to see he's about to feed feed them. That's going beyond sympathy. That's empathy and compassion. That's a high, much higher level of what they call emotional, what we call today emotional intelligence. Verse 35, and when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him. That's one of the things, I feel like one of the biggest things lacking in a lot of relationships marriages, friendships, and just general, general, general in our world, general, woo, in our world, I'll, it's, I'll, it's easy to so, show sympathy and act like you care, but just empathy is a whole nother level of caring. It really will cost you your time. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things it will cost you. Because anybody can throw money at something. Anybody can be like, yeah, here goes some money. Here goes some, um, 
you know, whatever you want to give him. might even give us some words of encouragement, all that kind of stuff. But actually, like, sit there and spend time with them and, and, and follow up with that person and and give them rides and check on them and buy them food and do stuff with them and pray for them. And just that is a whole nother level. All right, verse 35. I think, I've, I think I've, I've hammered that point in. We're at 48 minutes. Let's go. Verse 35. And when the day was far, now far spent... His disciples came unto him and said, this is a desert place. And now the time is far past. Send them away and that they may go into the country round about and into the villages. I got the hiccups. Howl if you hear me and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, give ye them to eat. <laughs> Interesting that Jesus made that statement knowing about knowing already what they're about to say next he's like hey just just feed them why, why you come to me y'all are my disciples y'all y'all should know what to do these people have nothing to eat And he's telling, they're telling Jesus that they should, he should send them away so that they can go get bread. Interesting. Go to the store before it closes. He answered and said unto them, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? Interesting. 200 pennies worth. I wonder how much that would be in modern day money. He said unto them, how many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say five and five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked upon heaven and blessed and break the loaves. And gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. Interesting. Across the lake. Verse 43. 40, 40, 40, verse 45. That was cool. Is that miracle happened twice? He fed 4,000 and he fed 5,000. Y'all can go read about when you read, he feeds 4,000. We're not going to go there. Anyway, across the lake and straightway, there's a lot of commentary on, on those two accounts about the sim, sim, symbolism and the. Yeah, the symbolism uh, on of those those numbers. 4,000, 5,000, the setting that, that they were in, uh, the foreshadowing to some future events. Anyway, let's just keep going. We're not going to do all that right now. Go to BibleGateway.com, go to BibleStudy.org, or go to uh, <clears throat> GotQuestions.org to get that information. And straightway, he constrained his disciples to get into the ship 
and to go to the other side, to the other side, before unto Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. When even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, watching upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, or some translations say a ghost. They thought they saw a ghost. And cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto, the, unto them, into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Now, I need to read more commentary on that. Is, is Are they saying that they couldn't, the whole reason why they couldn't even see Jesus and thought he was just a ghost and was couldn't even recognize him because their hearts were hardened? Um, there's so much to, 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 to pull or ways to like interpret that phrase. All right, so... They didn't even, what caused their hearts to be hardened in the first place? It's, I got so many questions. What caused their hearts to be hardened in the first place? Was it because they they really weren't in the mood? Because when Jesus made all that food for all those people, right? That miracle, the five loaves and the two fish, they had to be waiters. <clears throat> They had to serve all them people all this food, right? And then clean up probably afterward. You know, I'm just imagining, right? So is that what hardened their heart? Were they, what exactly hardened their heart? And is that what caused them to not even see Jesus when he was walking on the water? And it's, if I'm, I, if I remember correctly, haven't we already read that Jesus performed Remember when they were they were sleeping or Jesus was sleeping on the boat and there's a storm going on and Jesus tells the the waves to be quiet. That already happened, right? I believe it did. And then <coughs> didn't Peter already see Jesus walking on the water? Like, didn't Peter try to walk on the water, too? I don't know. I can't remember the order of events of all these things. We already read in Matthew. So sometimes I get it. We've only read only in, on the sixth chapter of Mark. So anyway, y'all go double check on all that stuff. I'm going to keep reading. Verse 53. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret and drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship straightway, they knew him and ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick when they heard he was and whithsoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch if it were the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. <clears throat> now, I do remember just reading about the woman with the issue of the blood. Right. We just read about that in Mark five. Right. 
she touched the hem of Jesus' garment or of his of his cloak is uh whatever he had on his dashiki. That'd be funny if Jesus had on a dashiki. Yeah. They had just touched the hem of his, his robe and uh it definitely wasn't a bathroom. <laughs> I mean, I wonder what it looked like though, but it touched the hem of his robe. Or the yeah, the woman with the issue of blood did and she was healed after twelve years suffering. Right? And then now these folks are doing the same thing. They are bringing all these six folk, like all the hospitals went out of business, and yeah, now Jesus is the main physician in town, so they bring everybody there. Remember that one lady with the issue of blood we just read about? Yeah, the issue of blood right before this. I say that one lady, like we're still talking about her. We don't have, I don't have a name for her. She's just the woman with the issue of blood. We'll just call her Red, Miss Red. Or Rose or Ruby, we'll call her Ruby, like Ruby Red. Miss Ruby. Miss Ruby um has spent all her money on doctors and people to help her, and nobody could heal her. It was not until I imagine I in the pictures they show in pictures I've seen in this, they show her on the ground on her hands and knees, extending out, reaching up desperately to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. A lot of us, I know I would be a little bit too proud for all that, especially if I'm in some like nice khakis or a nice suit, you know, nice clothes. And I'm out here, you know, but <clears throat> when you're desperate, desperate times calls for some desperate measures and you'll do some desperate things like humble yourself and extend your hand out just to test the rope. And that requires a lot of faith. So anyway, here we are, these folks. They just, they just, they had faith too. It's like, if I just touch the border of his garment, I'll be healed. And that's where you get a lot of these TV and online evangelists who uh, try to sell a little prayer cloths and special prayed over holy water. And uh, I personally feel like even though people do still get healed from that, and there are some people out here doing some scams and some wild stuff, Jesus always looks at our faith. He... Looks past all of that. So help me, Father. Thank you for this word. I just pray right now we metaphorically, right now we reach out and we touch not somebody's hand, but the hem of your garment. <clears throat> Some of y'all didn't catch that. Reach out and touch somebody's hand. Make this world a better place. Anyway, Lord, we reach out and touch the hem of your garment. And we just thank you for the healing, Lord, whatever's trying to come against my body and try to cause me to cough again. I pray that I go away in the name of Jesus. I pray for this pain that is in my right side. Sometimes I pray to go away in the name of Jesus. I pray any aches and pains throughout my body and, and anybody else listening to this podcast is dealing with any kind of chronic pain or any kind of sickness. I just pray right now they would reach out and just touch the hem of your garment, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your healing, for our healing. Lord, thank you for healing my finances. I pray over my wallet. Where's my wallet? It's in here somewhere. It's somewhere right here. But Lord, I pray over my wallet in the name of Jesus. All my debts are paid. Whew. All these financial situations I'm running into uh, are.
are declared over. And I'm the lender, not the borrower, head not the tail, above and not beneath. Thank you for enlarging my territory and giving me the ability to, to manage it all. And look forward to the day of seeing my kids regularly again. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Precious Lord. Amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.